0: Anytime someone says the Andes, I just think of Shakira. Why? Because, because she has this, the line in wherever, whenever, where she goes, Oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> lucky that my breasts aren't big like mountains. Yeah.
0: It's great. I love that
1: album. Yeah, I never sweater. knew there was a well, reference like a to the Well, I'm a huge fan of that lyric because I relate to it very personally. <laughs> I am lucky that my breasts aren't big like mountains, you True. know? Or at least True. that's what I tell myself.
2: Running would be difficult.
0: I think, Exercise yeah, would I think be difficult. I think we're all very lucky in that yeah, sense.
1: Yeah, no. Itty bitty titty committee for life.
0: episode and we're
1: gonna introduce ourselves um yes who wants to go first uh, i can go first. you got it yeah yeah it. i'm on the side of the circle i can go sure. um my name's maria uh i am a colombian american woman uh living in atlanta just like the three of us are right now i was born in colombia moved to the u.s when i was pretty young and grew up moving around a lot Um, And now I've been living in Atlanta for seven years. So it started to really feel like home. This is actually the city that I've lived in the longest in my whole life. Wow. Yeah. Seven years. Seven years is the longest I've ever lived in one city. So how many cities have you
0: lived in before this? I lived in four cities before. Okay. okay. Yeah.
1: So it's not like it's. The longest by a long shot, because the other longest is my hometown where I was born, which was mm-hmm. six years. Mm-hmm. And then after that, a combination of, like, five, four, three. So, yeah. I haven't lived that long either, so. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Hopefully there's many, many more years. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully in the grand scheme of things, seven years won't feel like that long. But True. Yeah. But for now it does. For my short life, it does.
0: What do you like to do in your free time, yes,
1: I guess in my free time, I would say um i don't know i always feel like that's a weird question i feel like there's so much pressure to say like interesting cool things but no, you literally do interesting just tell us
2: cool things do. wait guys guys the listeners maria literally does some of the most like consistently cool shit of any of our friend group so she's playing humble right now but like that's
1: not true
2: it is true mm, it's true okay you want to describe your last week describe describe every <laughs> describe every day of your last week the listeners will tell us if i'm wrong okay monday go
1: well, Monday I hung out with you guys to record a podcast. To record our podcast. <laughs> Tuesday. That was Tuesday, fun. Tuesday we went to the pop-up zine here in Atlanta, which is basically a that collection of poem. like
2: artists in different formats telling stories about the
1: city of Atlanta. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday I went to just dinner and drinks with my boyfriend. Thursday. Thursday I went to Battle of the Bands Afro Punk Atlanta, and then Friday I stayed home. Saturday. Saturday MJQ <laughs> Nina Sky. <laughs> Nina Sky. That was dope. And then Sunday. And then Sunday, more Afro Punk.
2: With her boyfriend who's in a band. Yeah. It's trying to play cool.
0: Wait, let's 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 rewind that.
2: Her boyfriend's in a band. <laughs> oh my god. Like she's like the band
0: girlfriend. Correct.
1: KK. He is way too proud of the fact that other people think it's really cool he's in a band. <laughs> and whenever I tell people that or like it comes up somehow, they're like, Wait, your boyfriend's a musician? And I'm like, Yeah, he is and they're like, wow, that's so cool. Or, like, they're like, wait, you went to Afropunk with your boyfriend? Like, that's so cool. I'm like, I guess I'm just cool by association. I'm like, fuck me and everything I've ever done in my life.
0: You're also cool independently. Can they you do. tell us more about Javon? Like, oh, I shouldn't have said his name. Can you tell us more about your boyfriend? Like, he's just so cool. No, I can't.
1: That's it. That's, he, that's all the airtime he should get. Fair air. enough.
0: Yeah. Fair, fair enough.
1: Alex? No, you can go next. Yeah, you can
2: go next. Okay. I am Elena. I also grew up moving around. I lived in four states before age 10 or 11, and I've been in Atlanta or the surrounds ever since. Um, Can you tell us where you were born? Because I think
0: it's really fucking
2: uh, cool. I was born yeah. in Alaska, which is ironic since I am literally always cold. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of day, like, what time of year, like, I need to be bundled. Um,
1: what city in Alaska?
2: That feels like too personal information.
1: Fine. Have you ever been to the Iditarod?
2: I don't even know what that is. And Why? I feel
1: like... the fucking Iditarod is? No. <laughs> That's like the most Alaska shit in the world. I literally like...
2: left before age one. You can't hold that shit against me.
1: Okay, but yes. it's home birthday though. I know, but also, okay. Iditarod is fucking, we did a whole um, thing in English school. language arts in middle school about I've it. I literally because never heard some, of Because there was some young adult novel about it.
2: I've literally never heard of
1: this. Okay, well... What was it? Like, Iditarod? Call of the Wild or something? Oh, yeah, right. Well, I don't think Call of the Wild is specifically... Jack Young? But similar, yeah. For for sure. Jack London, Jack yeah. yeah. Kind <laughs> of, same same feel, same genre. The <laughs> <Okay, laughs> Iditarod is a race, is across... like a dog sled race across all of Alaska. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. people who have, like, trained packs of dogs to pull their dog sled That's cool. across the frozen landscape. One of my friends from
2: college booked as a vacation like mushing, like sledding (gasps) with dogs in Alaska which is the most him thing I could ever He probably knows
1: what the Iditarod is.
2: He probably (laughs) does. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you Maria. (coughs) Um, Anyway
1: (laughs) How dare you not know about the dog sledding
2: races of Alaska. (laughs) You see what I put up with. (laughs) Anyway, I am black I grew up in a all-white community. Um, the place where I grew up, every family has a golf cart. And it's built around miles and miles of golf cart paths. Which, like, when you're 15 yeah. years old is amazing. So like, fucking fun. You don't have to, like, wait to get a license, right, to, like, drive a regular car. But it's also, like, bougie as fuck. Right? So Yeah, so bougie. And also, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I feel like we all we all consciously know this place exists when you say it out loud. Yeah. It sounds
2: actually like, <laughs> yeah, wild.
1: <laughs> I think it's
0: funny because if you say this place in conversation, like, people just go, oh, the place with the golf cars. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, fuck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, but all that to say, like, the population of, like, minorities is, like, super, super small, right? Um, and so, like, we'll get into why we're doing this podcast, but for me, part of it is kind of, like, this piece around identity and kind of connecting with like other young women of color who have lived like disparate experiences um and that definitely is part of mine even though i didn't realize it until call it two three four five years ago
0: that's real that's real stuff um hey what's up how's it going um i'm alex i was born in jamaica i also moved to the states when i was fairly young um, I moved to South Florida. Like, let's be clear and declare that a separate thing Miami. than the state of Florida because it's very different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like after Daytona Beach, it gets really eclectic, really beautiful, really diverse. I think there's like six people in my elementary school that were like actually white. Um, That's cool. So I had like a really awesome, diverse young childhood, and then around sixth grade. Actually, five days before sixth grade, my parents moved us to Atlanta. Brutal. <laughs> it was traumatizing. Um, and I really started to feel the weight of blackness in this country. I think the, the lines between black and white were a lot more stark once I moved to a suburb of Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, I grew up here. My parents are conservative to be nice about it um and so I've basically been running from that my whole life um went to school in Boston absolutely hated it please don't ever bring that subject up to me ever again in life um and yeah I think I took a a role really early on about helping share black stories and really empowering black people and brown people any sort of minority um reach their goals and reach their dreams, that's so cheesy, but just kind of creating a more mentally even playing field Mm. for us and people Uh like us and people who didn't have the status quo or the like social capital to Mm -hmm. know the little things, I think that's always been like my charge that I've placed upon myself, I don't know, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, for sure,
1: and I think we just wanted to create a space where we felt like we could discuss identity, and the ways that we're navigating our lives now as young women, Um, sort of at the beginning of our careers, and how we're navigating friendships, and love, relationships, life, our conservative immigrant parents, um <laughs> and a whole and also just what's going on in general right now right because it feels like we're in such a uh, cultural moment of change yeah, yeah. uh and uh, we always have a take on it so we wanted to share that with you as well yeah
2: should we talk about briefly how we know each other or should we leave the listeners in suspense in perpetuity
0: well it's all
2: we're it's just not so together. interesting
1: yeah we worked together at one point we don't Let's now. We in. don't anymore. But Do you yeah. want to
0: say more? Yeah. I think that's sufficient. Yeah. yeah. We are all previous coworkers. co-workers. Yes. Now Perfect. friends. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> we met under circumstances. <laughs>
2: We're in the trenches neither, together.
0: Neither fortunate nor unfortunate.
2: As most no uh,
0: Well... Cool. That's fine. Should we okay. talk about things we're obsessed with this
2: week? Yeah. Day? Okay, you went so first last time. Alex, you're unprepared, so you have to go first.
0: Okay. Things that I'm obsessed with this week. Uh, um, I am pretty gosh darn obsessed with these, um Teva sandals that have shearling on the inside. I know that sounds Yo. so stupid, but <laughs> if you know me, I love things that are like cozy, and I don't even care if they're ugly or not. Like as long as like my feet or like my legs or my arms are like cozy, I'm the happiest person. Like I have fleece lined leggings, I have faux fur lined leggings. Like it's just the simple things in life. Um, and these are like Teva sandals that are black, but they have like gray shearling on the inside and they're Mm, fucking beautiful and I just keep imagining them with like Patagonia-esque socks and I'm like this is like such a vibe and I want them so bad (laughs) oh you don't have them yet I don't have them because I have spent so much money in the last week just buying mugs for cozy season (laughs) (laughs) and candles for
2: cozy season You you need for cuffing season
0: well, I'm already cuffed. Like, now it's just like, yeah, to help convince us that we don't need to leave the house now that it's getting chilly. Yeah. Um, so, I might have to wait until they go on sale. They're not that expensive, they're only $90, but self control is good. Uh, yeah. I'm I, working on it. I had to do the same thing
1: recently. I did look at my credit card saying, I was like,
0: Bitch, <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> Please push pause. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Do less, honestly. That was what um the t- email from Tay said. It was like subject line: Do less. And then it was like, "You're no." I'm just kidding. Oh, so. <laughs> oh I would have been it. like, "Damn!" Um, like- but yeah, I had to put myself on a shopping spirit. I was like you can't just. I like it. I, I like it. I buy it every yeah, day.
2: Yeah, but I feel we like you be were Ariana Grande no, every day. But I no, feel like no. you were shopping responsibly on Depop. I mean you so were like, buying a lot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we it's were, we it's was like all... okay, if you buy things
0: that are only like four ninety nine or five ninety nine, you feel great. But if you're yeah. buying ten things <laughs> exactly. or forty things, it's exactly. not really great. True. I bought so many candles yesterday right. from mm-hmm. home goods, like the woman literally was like, "Did you leave any for anyone else?" I was like, first of all, bitch mind your business, true. Mm-hmm. Second of all, y'all can order more, right? Because I'm <laughs> gonna be here next week. So, so, well, I like well,
2: Anthro's candles. I need some.
1: Well, I was just telling Alex that I stopped by Anthro on my way home from the gym and like went in there expressly to buy a candle because I just wanted a new candle and then felt super self-conscious about it because there are a lot of other young women buying candles, and I was just like, I am a caricature of myself. <laughs> but then once I made peace with the fact that I'm a basic bitch, I was like, I'm fine with this. Yeah. Let me purchase this candle. But now.
0: also, like, from anthropology, a candle is accessible. I, acceptable, you know? Like, if you were buying a scarf, I would have been like Maria.
1: That would be a lot. Well, there was a really cute skirt there, and I... I was like, this is so cute. It was, like, pleather, but it was super shiny, and it had little pockets, and it was, like, a mini skirt. It was, like, a really deep burgundy, and I was like, this mm. is my beautiful. fall, like, mm. mood board, like, vision yeah. of me, yeah. you know, yes. as, like, a fall witch. And uh, then I checked the price tag, and it was fucking $100, and I was like, you have wow. to be lying. Like, I that feel like is... that's a
2: good price for Anthra, though. Like, let's be real. Like, I walked in and looked at Cardigans, it's, like, $245, and... In- you just want it anyway. But
0: I want to agree with you, but you have to like take those things out of anthropology. Yeah, I know, I know. it's, it's just, just a skirt. It's just, and sweater. it was a
1: short skirt too. <laughs> like less, like <laughs> <fabric. laughs> less fucking fabric. Don't at me with this short ass mini skirt being hundred dollars. I don't know. It's anthro.
0: I will say though, J Crew has a sale right now on full price coats where you can get forty percent off. So That's I'm so. about to buy the world's best teddy coat, I can't wait. It's only, it's $260 on the website, but obviously after 40%, it's like 150 bucks. And I was like, I just not not. I can't not. It's 40%. You gotta be warm. I can't to not. You gotta be warm. It's also just fucking fire. So I'm like, <laughs> it's like color blocked, but it's still like teddy mm. and like fluffy. Ooh. It just looks really good. And I'm like, with this haircut and the septum, like, it's just so yeah. me. Yeah, it yeah. is. You need it. it, yeah. you need it. You it. And those fucking Sherling sandals, you guys. <laughs> Yo, it's a look. <laughs> you remember when, like, Willow and Jaden got really famous, but everyone was pissed off because they basically were wearing, like, ripped clothes from Urban Outfitters that were, like, really expensive? I think that's my newest aesthetic.
2: <laughs> like, I think I
0: am the homeless trash bag woman. Yes. <laughs> But make it fashion. But make it fashion. So it's sad. It's oh, fun. man. My ancestors are rolling in their graves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is such, like, a thing that our grandparents have a, a big vendetta against. It's like, oh, did you pay extra for the hole in your jeans? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, It's like, you don't quite look as put together. I think, thankfully, that is passing in my family to some extent. That's but, good. Yeah. But de- my grandma's
0: definitely not happy about my ripped jeans. That's funny. <laughs> Guys, I'm so nervous to see my grandparents with all my piercings and tattoos this Christmas. (laughs) Mostly because all of my tattoos are, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are like skulls (laughs) and, you know, remnant of death. And I just can all, I can hear them just being like, you're not, you're no longer walking with God. Like your path has strayed from Jesus. And it's just going to be really fun to be like, Yes, I love Satan. I don't, but it'll be fun <laughs> to just be like... That sounds stressful. I'm trying really hard not to stress about it. Because, because I confused. also am yeah. imagining my boyfriend who has gauges and like Is he several tattoos. Yeah.
2: <gasps> He's going with you to your yeah. yeah, it's going to be shit.
0: a nightmare, <laughs> but one that I'm really excited for. I don't know. I'm the baby of my whole entire family, including like my extended family. Um, and so I just kind of feel like I can do whatever I want. Mm, Like who finna check me? Plus you just gotta live your life. And when I was younger, they gave me so, well, not everyone, but like particularly my mom's mom gave me a lot of shit about, but like not being ladylike enough and not being feminine. And Mm -hmm. I've always, I've never been that fucking person. Like, and so now I just feel like I have enough self-confidence, but also just like theoretical proof to be like. Fuck you. <laughs> That's mean. You shouldn't say that to your grandma. <laughs> I mean... But in theory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in a very a respectful theoretical way of just being you. like, don't worry about me. worrying about your three un- illegitimate children. Yeah. No, that... <laughs> <laughs> that was high-key so savage. It was high-key savage. It I'm was very was ready. I, you don't <laughs> understand. Like, every morning when I'm getting dressed, Alex I, like, to in. coming for grandma and rolling <laughs> 15 minutes in.
2: Sorry. <laughs> You're right. I uh, should turn it back. Uh, no, don't turn it back. I love it. <laughs> no, we're ready for this. This is what. This is why this podcast. Yeah, is this is, is what being
0: the, here is like. So, I think the recap episode of this trip is gonna be. Yeah, I tough. can't nah. wait. I was about to be like, please report back. <laughs> Send us voice memos on That like, my what's little, that voice message with my anemoji that literally looks just like me now? Yes. Yeah, I love it. It's be so good.
2: <laughs> All right,
0: Alina, so. What are you
1: obsessed with this week?
2: It's funny, I'm also obsessed with a pair of shoes that I have not yet bought. Yes. I am probably hmm. getting ready to go on a backpacking trip, and I'm not trying to pack a lot of shit. And I found a pair of sandals that are super, super cute and apparently super, super comfortable. They have, like, a 4.8 star rating on Zappos. like... 140 or like 200 odd reviews Which is insane Yeah that's unheard of It's like literally wild And they're super cute Anyway they're called The Echo Floaty Sandal I'm about to buy them And be like walking on clouds While I trek through Parts of Southeast Asia
0: Nice You're going to Southeast Asia?
2: Yeah so I think that Listeners I'm about to lose my job Probably Shortly No definitely Definitely Very soon TBD but definitely um, and I think I'm gonna go on a backpacking trip until I start my new job.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's
2: I've sick. always wanted to do
0: that, but I just feel like I'm not an outdoors bitch.
2: Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna be in cities. I mean, I'm gonna do some hiking, but I'm not gonna be like camping.
0: Oh, this is like yeah, travel backpacking. Good. No camping involved. Not like trekking. Wait, I didn't know there was a distinction. When I hear backpacking, I literally think of like all your essentials in a book bag and you walk everywhere. I'm not trying no, to pack in no. and pack
2: out yeah
0: like. yeah no no although i am doing that i
1: think this coming year with my mom we're taking a mother-daughter trip to chile and oh, i think we're yeah, gonna fine. hike like patagonia yeah you're hiking trails yeah and that is like so. carrying all your shit with you like pitching a tent every night cooking how long is the trail gonna be it's about five days to do the full thing
0: good god that's gonna be amazing yeah i'm really excited. That's- That'll be so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is also
1: fucking beautiful. Yeah, I know, I know. Everyone that I know who has been has loved it, and it's literally, like, number one on my bucket list. You gotta go. So I'm super excited to do it. I'm also excited because I feel like I've done a lot of backpacking, staying in hostels, and meeting other young people and stuff. And I was like, Mom, would you be fine with staying in hostels? I mean, we can get private rooms, like, double bed, but i think it's more fun if you do it that way than if you sit in hotels and she's yeah. like yeah i'm totally down
2: your mother is amazing yeah so, so, cool. Cool. so i
1: think it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really awesome. excited yeah
2: sparkly right yeah
1: so
0: i'm i'm the lame one in the club that's cool you're not <laughs> you're
2: not <laughs> no. lame no, I'm pretty
0: fucking lame shut, shut up. up you
2: just got your septum pierced, and you know how jealous i am about that no, okay, no. Fine. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. It's gorgeous. It looks so good.
0: Thank you. Yeah. You're
1: gonna have the most exciting Christmas recap, I think, of all of us. Oh my god. 100%. Mine's gonna be like I got drunk every
2: day
0: in Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> with
2: my mom. That sounds
0: fun. Wasn't <laughs> it my mom was fun? I would love to get drunk with her, but she has like one glass of wine. She's like, Oh, it's gone to my head, I need to go to bed. And I mean that's like... how my mom is. <laughs> I'm just like no, no, no. You're supposed to ride it out. You gotta be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel it, and like pace that one glass like, of Lean wine. into it, Ma. You gotta lean into it. Let your inhibitions go. <laughs> That's funny.
2: That's awesome. I bet I can guess what you're obsessed with. What is it? Your new bed. Oh no, I wasn't <laughs> gonna say that, but that is a really good one. <laughs> I did that.
1: I just got a new mattress. So I was sleeping in this old mattress that I inherited from my younger brother, which I know isn't usually how it works, but he moved away and my parents were like, do you want his mattress instead of buying a new one when I had just graduated college and was a little bit broke. So I was like, perfect opportunity to accept this free mattress. And I guess my brother slept on the same side of the bed every night for several years. (laughs) And then I continued sleeping on the same side of the bed every night for several more years. And eventually there was a me-sized hole in my old mattress (laughs) that was no longer that comfortable to sleep in. And do you guys remember... Do you guys remember that show Hey Arnold? Yeah. Yes. On yes. Do you guys remember that his grandpa slept in a me sized hole yeah. in his bed? Yeah. And they would always show the silhouette. Yeah. Every night I would think about Hey Arnold when I felt myself sinking into the hole that perfectly lined up like the lowest part was like my butt and hips was just I like don't the lowest. I remember that.
2: So listeners, I was sitting in Maria's bed while she was traveling. Yeah. And I I just didn't note this hole you at all just didn't notice it but I guess I'm also taller and longer yeah so maybe I couldn't fall in maybe your yeah.
0: hips probably fell right in the divot you yeah, know, yeah just felt comfortable maybe the Maria much.
1: size is like everything was at like the wrong place for yeah, you like shoulders back all. butt legs are just at different places yeah, yeah. So. you're like almost how <laughs> much taller than me are you you're like at least six yeah. inches taller than me
2: uh if I, not more are you 5'4 I'm 5'5 five five. I'm six inches tall eight. wait no that's eight inches what? You're eight inches taller than
1: how, how tall are I'm you? Six feet. You're six feet. I'm five five. That means you're seven inches taller than me.
0: Math is hard.
2: I know you said five five, but I'm still thinking five four. I don't know why.
0: Oh, okay. you just wanted it to fine. be eight inches taller. Than me. If it makes sad. you feel better, you're eleven inches taller than me. That is a lot. It's a lot. You could be my boyfriend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd survive the trip just to Jamaica. Biz- <laughs>
0: You would. We would. We would have a much. We would have a great time. The two of us. Yeah, we would. Jamaica sounds fun, anyways. Beaches all day. Mhm. But yeah. So,
1: anyways, I bought one of those online mattresses, and it came in a huge roll. And my roommate Claire helped me bring it upstairs, but that shit weighs like a million pounds. Yeah, it's okay. heavy as fuck. It does not look that heavy, but it was like hard for the two of us to bring it up two flights of stairs oh yeah yeah Uh did you get a purple yeah oh do you like it though i love it it's so comfortable wow it's amazing it's like one of the less expensive ones
0: right
1: mm, like i I mean in
0: deliver by roll mattresses
1: i'm not sure i got it so i got the purple too which is the hybrid one so the one i got does have Coils as well as their quote-unquote memory foam stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit pricier, but I think it's really worth it to not sleep in a hole shaped like me. (laughs) And my back doesn't hurt anymore from sleeping in a hole, so that's good. But the other cool thing I did was I was researching some stuff at work and came across this company called Affirm, where they do, like, personal installment loans. Mm -hmm. So if you want to buy a pair of Tevas and you don't want to pay the $90 up front or, like, you want to buy a purple mattress and, like, don't have all the money up front, they'll basically give you the loan so you can buy the thing right then and then you pay them back in installment loans oh but it's like a better interest rate than a credit card
0: would be yeah so
1: it's better than putting it on your credit card because you don't have to carry a balance that you pay a lot on yeah honestly for a credit card like usually between 15 and 20 percent um and in some cases they even offer you zero
0: percent interest loans I feel like they do that on Urban Outfitters a lot. Like, that's, like, the Yeah, a it's, like, K- an option at checkout now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I yeah. love that. It's dangerous for someone like me. But, yeah. like, whenever there's, like, a really big purchase, I'm always, like, it's cool to know that, like, I can do, like, four payments of, like, however yeah. much. And exactly. Instead of, like, all at once and saving, and then it, like, goes out of stock, and then you never get it.
1: Exactly, yeah. Well, because I was, like, well, you know, I don't want to pay interest on this, so let me save for it, but this loan is essentially the same thing yeah i can have it right now but not pay any extra i think
2: credit cards some credit card companies let you do that too yeah it's like you can do a planet and so if you buy something really big instead of paying like the regular i guess like apr interest rate yeah yeah essentially like if you pledge to pay in like so many installments it's like zero percent while you do it which is cool
0: oh that's super cool nice yeah That's awesome. Dope. Well, let's get into the meat of it. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of our talk here today. Yes, let's. I think the title of this episode should be Working as Ghetto. (laughs) Uh, That seems to be a sentiment that all of the social medias are carrying these days. Um, And it really relates to not only the... stress that comes with finding, procuring, and succeeding in your nine to five, but the reality that your job most likely isn't nine to five these days, um, and that, I mean, we read this article where, like, statistically, Americans are working more than anyone ever Mm -hmm. in history, but also comparatively, nationally, nation,
2: internationally,
0: internationally,
2: Working in hard, actually. guys. Now we're one and a half bottles in.
1: <laughs> Americans are working harder than Americans.
2: Yes, <laughs> which sounds true,
1: like a real thing that some people would say. But <laughs> actually, true. <laughs> <sure, sure.
0: laughs>
2: you are not wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I for one agree. I think that the forty-hour work week is a capitalistic myth, and that people are driven to careers based on money. Or some sort of monetary or social gain and less from purpose and like making a difference in this world which I know is like part of the article we read which is like your purpose doesn't matter but it brought up a really good point that was like you know way back when back in the day um, when everyone had to work at the steel mill or farm like no one thought to themselves this is what I was born to do Mm -hmm. because everyone was just doing the same shit um and I think there's still merit to that I think there's a lot of people who go into banking or healthcare or whatever who are just like this is just a job and they're not in love with it simply because it has a huge paycheck associated with it but I've always been curious what this world would be like if people were driven more so by like what they can do you know like even if you just simply are a locksmith or I don't know you <clears throat> bake cookies like how does that contribute to the world as opposed to you selling your soul and like being a banker and that you hate not that being a banker is a bad thing but like you doing something that you don't like because you want to make or you feel like you need to make a certain amount of money to live this life that's been prescribed to you by the myth of the American Dream.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing that's really interesting about the article as well is, like you said, Alex, like the idea that we've been sold as a generation, the story that we should, you know, do what you love, and that we will find fulfillment and a lot of self-actualization through work, and that that has never been how work was framed in the past, that work was work and self-actualization and fulfillment and personal satisfaction stem from other things like family life. And I think the article especially highlights the fact that religion used to play a bigger part in sort of the daily lives of people. Um, And I think that's really true. I think that's something that I personally struggled with a lot, which is I think you get out of, you know, school, you get your first job and then you feel like oh, I don't love what I do, um, so then there's something wrong with my life. So then what do I love, and how do I do like go find that thing? And then how do I go do that thing that it is that I love? But, um, but it is kind of an interesting idea to challenge that and say maybe we don't need to
2: yeah. do what we love. I have a friend recently married, a year or two older than me, and i remember her saying something to the effect of like maybe i'm just not going to be one of those people who like does what i love and kind of like gets a lot of fulfillment from it like if for me work is providing for my kids and for my and my family such that they have all the advantages that they need and that i want to give them then then that's enough right and it was this was, when, this was when I was still in college or like just out of it. And it was the first time someone had really expressed to me the idea of you work as a means to something else that is not like your career advancement or your personal fulfillment, right? Like you're working just as a means to kind of like pay the bills, but it's still a career. Um, and like to to some extent, it's how sustainable is that, right? Because you, I don't think you can do something for a lifetime that that you hate but i guess the question is how long can you do something that you just like tolerate and i'm sure that everyone has a different level of like ability or like desire to kind of live in that space
0: i mean this article was especially interesting for me because i mean in our previous place of employment I think I felt very qualified to do what I was doing and that I really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. but the way in which I had to do it on a day-to-day basis was what was soul-sucking for me right like it wasn't my role or like my industry like it was more so like the way that I was expected to execute my job that was like unrealistic and sort of like unfair to me um and in leaving that i think i definitely wanted to ask myself more the question of like what do you want to do like what will make you get up every day and even on the worst day like still be excited to do what you have like what your job is um but i i i understand the aspect of like that's not that shouldn't be everyone's scope right like if you probably have a higher mental capacity for misery than me (laughs) like you're absolutely gonna be fine just clocking in doing what you need to do and clocking out but like I tend to be a very emotionally involved person and I like to connect I feel like I do my best work when I like actually feel intertwined with the tasks at hand as opposed to like doing something monotonously or like without full consciousness. Like when I have a task like that, I lose my fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do it. It takes all of me to like actually disengage from it, and it's not a feeling that I enjoy. So I think there's also room to discuss like people as workers and like that there's diversity in that as well as the mm-hmm. roles that we're doing, like the industries that we're doing those roles in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, the article cites this stat that's like 87% of Americans feel disengaged at work, which seems like a very high number. That's so high. But also seems very believable because yeah. I don't think that you can really make an argument that says that like a desk job or even like, or or any t- kind of job is particularly engaging for a majority of the time. Yeah. You know? Um. So I think, I think that's interesting. And to to say like every day, you know, you should wake up and feel excited about what you do. I mean, hopefully you don't feel terrible about what you do (laughs) day to day, but that's also a lot of pressure to put on your job and your career. And it's also something that sometimes I think about is a very privileged position to say, not only am I going to have a, an employment and a full career but also i should love what i do and it should fulfill me and it should give me all this other form of satisfaction when a lot of people especially today in the u.s are working to survive yeah um and to support their families and and they're not stopping to think like oh you know do i like this job they're just thinking like i just need this job and there's sort of no other question about it so I, i do think like Sometimes for me, it was a little bit acknowledging my privilege of like, oh, you know, I can complain a lot about having this job, but it's also nice to be
0: gainfully employed.
2: Yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Something that I have been struggling with lately is realizing because of how much I work and because of how we all formerly worked at this job, right? Like, I feel like in a lot of ways it's my identity um and it, it's funny like if you talk to people who work with us or like work at this company can we edit that part out because sure. yeah essentially if there's a group of us who all work together and we're talking with someone else right like one of the first things they'll say is they notice how much we talk about work and it's because it's during the week it's all that we do right like you mm-hmm. literally don't you don't have time or like the visibility to make plans with someone or to like have hobbies and kind of invest in them after work, right? Because from an hour's perspective and also from like an emotional energy perspective, it's it's literally all consuming in a lot of, a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Or just like based on your project, but like quite frequently. And so it's, even when we were today talking about like, should we introduce ourselves? What does that look like? Part of me was like, well, we should talk about what we do, but that's also because that's a lot of what I personally spend my time on, right? And I think I spend more time on work potentially than like you, you guys do right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so
2: it's like more of my identity than I would like it to be at the detriment of other things. And so I think another really important question is like, how much identity are we looking for in, in our work versus other things? And how does that just kind of like perpetuate and become even more of a cycle when you spend more time working? And
0: also on top of that, like, how much of that is is the cycle, right? Like, how much of it is society telling you that you are what you do and mm-hmm. you feeling like you need to live into that as opposed to, like, actually truly believing that. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you. When we worked at that place that we used to work, <laughs> I <laughs> did not have hobbies. And it never crossed my mind that I should. Like, it mm-hmm. never crossed my mind that I should be using my downtime which was like three hours a week to like relax or exercise and that that would look something more than just binge watching a tv show that i Mm -hmm. missed the entire season of right and then moving into the field that i am now where it's like an agency and it's a very small team like one of the first questions that they asked me when I was interviewing was like, what do you do for fun? And I literally was like, I haven't had fun in the longest time. (laughs) Like, sorry. And I think that's like, I guess like that's the dilemma for me with this article is like, I knew something wasn't right where I was and that's why I left. And I really used like what would make me happy and what I wanted to do to find what was next. And that opened up, the door for me to explore a lot of other things like I don't think where I am is where I'm going to be forever but I think that I'm getting really valuable exposure to uh, so many different things and it's like the right place for me to be I think I picked out a good starting point for myself to restart but I'm also very aware of the fact that again working is ghetto like you're yeah you really cannot have self-fulfillment from working a job and like it's so interesting to even think about like instagram influencers and how that's supposed to be like the dream job right like you just live your life and all these brands and companies give you money to talk about them or like to use your exposure to promote them but there's a few influencers who are real with you and let you know like this shit is still work like you still have to like post shit when you don't feel like posting shit or like go places that you don't fucking feel like being at but it's again like if you don't show up like your bills aren't paid and you can't maintain this lifestyle which is again part of the cycle like yeah you feel like you need to do this so you do it but what part of you is actually wanting these things
1: yeah no I think it's so easy to say well at first I think it's interesting you say this idea of do what you love and find fulfillment through work at least pushed you to think about the right things in your next career move yeah so it was it was helpful in that sense mm-hmm. it was i think it was so. a good kick in the bar at least like a good thing to have in mind as you were thinking about where, where do i want to go
0: next well i think like what most people actually fuck up in part of the like job process is that They hate something about their job that they haven't identified, and Mm. then they move on to a new job thinking it'll be different, but they've never acknowledged
2: the problem, right? like, Like, dissected it so they can make sure it's not in their next job. Exactly.
0: And, like, once you really identify the thing that you don't enjoy about your job, you you realize if it's changeable and how to change it, and if it's not, how to identify it in any of the next roles that you can be coming up with. Like, Mm -hmm. I think something that is really starting to like pull I don't know trigger people in the workforce these days is when someone says like Mm self-motivated I think that's actually just starting to translate to a lot of job seekers as like you don't get guidance and I've really been pushing like my company but other companies to stop using that phrase because Mm -hmm. it doesn't instill confidence in the person that you're hiring that like you're on their side and you're supporting them like it's different to say like We want you to take initiative we want you to have foresight and be excited about this and look Mm -hmm. for the next project but that's not really that's different from self-motivation like self-motivation is like you have to take a break every day look yourself in the mirror and say you can do this kid you know yeah yeah those are two very different things and yeah the amount of times that i've fell for that like self-motivated worker thing is obnoxious like That was a whole different tangent,
2: but I think it's
0: really important to identify, like, what don't I like about working? Is it something I can change? If not, like, are there fields that or positions that don't include this? And if not, like, you just have to suck it up as part of the capitalistic country that we live in,
1: which Mm -hmm. is a lot
0: of the truths of the situation. Or you find something and you find something that you probably never considered before because you were looking for all the wrong words or reasons or Mm -hmm. roles and responsibilities
1: yeah Yeah. one thing i sometimes think about is um The extent to which sometimes people just fall into careers or fall into positions. I don't know if you guys have had this experience where you like go to talk with somebody who's like some big shot who's like, oh, I was so like successful in this career. And they end up saying something during it that's like, yeah, I just happened to be in an industry that was growing really fast or I just knew the right people or I just thought it was interesting or like, my dad got me this, like, as my first job out of college, and then I stayed I there for so 40 years, and then I became CEO, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's so funny. Like, not everything is super planned and thought out, and, you know, yeah. this big orchestrated life plan of a career, and maybe 20, 30 years ago, the people who we really admire now for being leaders in their fields were also kind of figuring it out, fell into a lot of things, sure. yeah, said the right things, you know, did the right things, met the right people, but, yeah, worked yeah. hard but combination of sort of like luck and hard work and maybe a few other things and it's like you end up in this place 30 years later um so I think that's kind of funny to think about too it's not Mm -hmm. like everybody who we view as successful today made this like perfect step-by-step like 20 step plan plan was like in 40 years I will be you know this position but don't
0: you feel like that's part of the problem like because these people rose to success in all of these non, like, unconventional ways that people are now like, well, this is the regiment. Like, this is how you get to be a billionaire. Is like, yeah, you drop out of college. Like, you see these articles all the time. It's like 10 CEOs you didn't know don't have a college degree. And it's like, but that's not the point. Like, no, they're not these people because they didn't graduate college. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of things work in their favor also. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's just also, even the number of people who were in college when they dropped out compared to the number of people in college now is already, like, significantly different and creates, like, a whole different narrative. Like, it's just, like, I think you're right. People really need to take the pressure off of themselves and, like, having these coarse, hardcore plans of, like, this Mm -hmm. is how I get to where I am. But I definitely agree that, like, the explorative nature of work is dead yeah I don't think that's true at all. well
1: it's it's not that it's not that there's any sort of nature of work. I think it's just some people explore more than others. Some people really fall into something and stick with it because but the thing is I'm saying is maybe to some people who we really admire today, like it was just a job, yeah. and then yeah. thirty years down the line, they ended up like being in a really cool position because they had put in all this time and work, yeah you know I think also this article is saying. Millennials are the most educated generation ever. We're also the one with the highest student debt ever. A lot of our generation graduated during or around the time of the Great Recession in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So this combination of economic factors that really limited a lot of opportunities as well for people who are younger in the workforce. For sure. Yeah. Um, whereas, like for older adults, we obviously know that the financial and economic situation was very like vastly different from them. So something i talk about with my parents a lot actually which is funny is that there's no it doesn't feel like there's a template for how to be successful anymore right. before it used to be like go to college you know pick like a good place to work and then stay there for 30 years put in your time and you'll like make something of mm-hmm. your life you know and now it just doesn't feel like that's true anymore i
2: still feel though like there are, i feel like there are things that make sense that have high, have a high likelihood of return Right, like maybe you do and don't go to school, right? But then you get into your job, you work really hard, you look for ways to like do more what interests you and do a really good job at it, right? And you take smart risks and you build relationships with people who care about you and will back you when you need to, right? And like all of those things contribute to like your advancement, right?
1: No, but that's the, but I I disagree with that. I mean, I think that that is a path that can be followed, but I also think it's a very privileged path. But I think I, that's a path that not just like anyone can decide to do. Like I think it's like you can dis, you can say like mm-hmm. oh you know you know I'm just gonna pick something, but you never get the chance to do what you're really interested in. And you can't take smart risks because you have to provide for your family because you have to survive. So I, I don't think that is, anyone. It's not that. that there's
2: like. I guess what I would disagree with is there are templates for success. I don't think there's just one template for success, right? Like I think there, I think there are things that <clears throat> are likely to pay off. Obviously you can't, you can't know, but I, I mean, I just don't think that if you work hard and are honest and like try and do more of like what interests you that it's gonna blow up in your face, right? And so the flip side of that is that it's gonna go well you guys think I'm being naive? I
0: just, I, I don't think you're being naive. I, I don't want to call you that, but I just want to, for a frame of reference, um, would like to bring back just our previous work history and how people from the same school with the same GPA will come into an environment and it's very clear who succeeds and who doesn't, right? <clears throat> like, it's not necessarily always, the template like or the written path like there are a lot of other external factors that can really determine if someone is successful or not especially in this day and age especially within certain corporate cultures or certain I don't know industries like it's just certain people have a harder time than others and I think it doesn't sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you work or how honest you are or how interested you are in doing something like it's some things are just beyond one's control
2: but is that like the what percent of what percent of cases does what you describe like apply to i guess like do you think it's like the 50th percentile or do you think it's like
1: well i think that maybe alex is making the point that like who you are externally and how you are perceived in certain spaces in the American workforce might like dramatically affect your outcome. For sure. I don't disagree. So like I could be really invested in, I don't know, being like a movie director, but if all movie directors are, and like, that's what I love. And that's also what I'm like smart at and good at. And I'm going to like take risks and like really show interest and stuff. But if all movie directors are like old white guys, then maybe I just like never catch a break, you know? And I think that's, like, something that just, like, does happen, which is, I think, kind of, like, the point that we're making. It's, it's like, there is an American belief in, like, oh, just, you know, if you buckle down and work hard enough, like, you'll make Pull it. Pull yourself
0: up by your boots. Pull yourself <laughs> up, but,
1: I mean, I think the three of us have had, we've wit- been witness to and also been in situations where it just feels like a door was closed in either our face or someone else's face, like, just because of who they are. Yeah. Not because of anything that they did. And so, like, you can't say, yeah, just, you know, work hard enough, show interest, and, like, there's a template for success out there because there isn't.
0: But not even because of something they did, but sometimes, a lot of times, it's something that they didn't do, right? It's something Mm -hmm. that they didn't know to do. It's something that wasn't part of the template to succeed. It's like, oh, well, Susan asked about this she asked about my college football team and so I really liked that she seemed personable and it's like that's not real shit like that does not matter but it somehow ends up mattering and it's just I mean I think also like this sample is probably very 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 niche in the broad scheme of things but I think it still matters like if for the narrative of like sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you work or how much you love what you do. Yeah, it's just
1: like you can love it the most out of anyone, but like a door can still be slammed in your face, I guess. Which yeah. is a little, it's a little pessimistic. But I, but it, like going back to the point of like this whole idea of you should, you know, do what you love. Maybe also sometimes what you love is not what you're that good at. Yeah. Like, I love a lot of things that I don't think I'm, like, expert level at.
0: I love painting, but bitch, I suck. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, I love, like, like writing poetry and, like, painting or drawing or cooking. But, like, do I think I should be a professional chef? Like, no, definitely not. Like, I don't think I'd be particularly good at that. I
0: think, Listen, honey. Anthony from Queer Eye is technically a professional chef. We can all be professional chefs. I could do what he does. I could do what he does. I could definitely do what he better does. Better than what he does. <laughs> it makes me so mad. It really upsets me. I don't mean to bash him on our show. But I love him. He's so good. Playing. I hate him.
1: Really? I hate him with
0: every ounce of my being. Why do you hate him? He's, He's so funny. Awful. But, like, why? I just don't think that if you. Show someone how to make a caprese salad to entertain their friends that you're like good at cooking, Like I mean, it's just so annoying. I mean, also, I like, he's if like... you served me a caprese salad while I was at your house for three hours, I'd be pissed at you. Like, I'd be like, You're awful, they that's mean, the only thing you had to eat. I'm really upset. <laughs> oh, true. And you well, say for people, of all, I think you have a different standard than most people when
1: it comes to food, and that's drinks. my main problem in
0: this life but that's one aspect of it the
1: second aspect is maybe that person didn't know
0: how to cook anything else which is fine but like you can easily teach someone how to dump a can of organic tomato sauce on some al dente pasta and throw in some frozen shrimp and it's better than making a caprese salad I will
2: never forgive him for that episode.
1: That's fair. The, no, the episode I thought was egregious was the avocado grapefruit salad. I
2: remember that. I was just thinking that. With that the olive oil? Yeah. Don't
1: bring
0: that That was like... Uh, that was season one, I think. Yeah, That was right. like early. But can I tell you that when I found out that he had a cookbook that came out, really? I lost my shit. I lost my entire shit. My mom called me. She was like, there's this guy on NPR. I'm sure you know about him. He's gay. I was like okay okay but she was like he has this cookbook and I was like but you better not be talking about Anthony because that is my arch nemesis and she was like why and I was like mom if I came over to your house and I was like this is a great way for you to spend time with your daughter is to make banana pancakes what would you say and she'd be like sounds stupid and I was like exactly I was like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard and also I don't like banana pancakes like did you ask this child what she wants to eat I was just annoyed. I hate
1: him so much. <laughs> <laughs> he gets my nerves. I mean, I think there's something to be said for teaching people who, like,
0: literally know zero about cooking. Like, but that's like the thing. People, no adult human knows zero about cooking. No, all I think guys, that's All of the, not... all the people on the show cook
1: shit. They just don't cook no. good shit. No, that's not true. Some of them, you yeah. take out, like, every
2: day. The woman who reports oh, to me had to teach her roommate how to use a dishwasher.
0: I had to teach my old roommate how to use a dishwasher, and she still never used that shit.
2: <laughs> so all that to say, some of the things we think are obvious I like, know, are not. I know, you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, for I think would sure. be a really
0: good topic for an episode. It's like,
2: What do you think is like roommate
0: nightmares? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Because I only have one, and it was literally the worst thing What happened to ever happened to me. I literally don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where she is now? She is blocked and deleted. I don't care. She could be dead on the side of the road for all I know. I'm not wishing that, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't know. It might happen, and you wouldn't know. I'm surprised that she just never got, like, E. coli or food poisoning or anything. Really? I would come home from work trips after being gone for, like, four to six days, and the kitchen would be takeout box here, old, like, butter left out, cheese left out, a pot full of food just chilling on the stove. All of the dishes are used, every pot, bowl, spoon, fork, knife chilling in the sink nightmare the trash is overflowing the time that i really lost my shit was when there was like cockroaches and like Yuck. not even not even like live cockroaches but like cockroaches that were comfortable enough to just shed their fucking skin in the middle of the Ew. living room i yeah oh my god i lost my shit but that's for a different episode because that's a really good one i have pictures uh, yeah still on my is, oh my <laughs> god <laughs> i remember telling our old it people uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh, so when I left home on Monday there was rice on the on the bar and I came home on Thursday and there's still rice on the bar. And they were like, You're lying, and so I took a picture Thursday night and came back on Friday and I was like, I just wanna let you know a Friday morning the rice is still on the bar. And it's not like two or three grains, it was like when you like when your fork like runs away from you and like a bunch just like jumps out the plate. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. that much. Oh and it was my just chill. Who can live like that? Fucking animals That's who
1: Yeah I always wonder if it's like How did you grow up?
0: Earth. But back to our topic She also yeah. has immigrant parents Which like really shocked me Wow Because I was like How shocking. did you get this far Without being murdered? Yeah My mother would have crucified me Yeah If I did too. any of those things Like isolated Wow That's a lot How did we get on this topic? I don't know Good roommate stories though
1: mm. I have a good one too We'll definitely talk about this at a later day. I have a very juicy ex-roommate story.
0: Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But, yeah, I think, like, I mean, we've I feel like we've all been there. All of our friends have been there just feeling disengaged, sort of demotivated at work. And, yeah, I do think it's interesting because I have definitely felt that pressure of, You should be doing what you love, and if you're not loving every single second of your job, then, like, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Which I think it's – it's also a pretty toxic mindset to have if it is, like, you're just working under capitalism to make a living. You don't necessarily need to find self-actualization through this job that you go to 9 to 5 at an office.
0: I think it's interesting to throw into the mix also, like – it talked a lot about leisure and, like, finding your – I don't know self, like fulfillment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, how to occupy your time with leisure. Yeah, and I always think about like when people at the end of July, end of August, are going on all these fucking trips for like days, and you're just like, how the fuck does this person afford to go to Italy for ten days, right? And like, I feel like that's also like a part of the disengagement with work. Is like a lot of people. Think about their lifestyles or maybe like their bills or their debts and they're like I don't make enough to actually take time off or to enjoy mm-hmm. the time that I take off like yeah. I have to take so much because I've quote-unquote earned it mm-hmm. but I still don't have like enough disposable or like readily available to like enjoy going away and like mm-hmm. truly going away like not carrying your work laptop with you while you travel internationally which also makes me think about the ways in which leisure has price height over the last Mm. decade or so Mm -hmm. like the airfare battles like people always trying to find the cheapest flights and how Airbnb became a thing because hotels were super expensive and now you can get these quote-unquote authentic experiences in cities by like living in someone's like shithole studio apartment right be it for a few hours of a day but I don't know like this whole thing just feels cyclical like everything just feels like it's feeding into the next thing which feeds back into the first thing mm-hmm. and my I I think it's all just a tool in the dismantlement of the patriarchy and capitalism <laughs> but that's probably not something I can say in a podcast that's meant to be published well
1: to your point about leisure i think it's super interesting what you said like the idea of do what you love helped you name what you did want to do next once you had identified that you were unhappy in your old job because i think that for me part of what helped me say i need to move on and find something else is the fact that I realized that I just, like, couldn't be my whole self if I was working yeah. 78 hours a week. Yeah. I was just, like, this isn't the life that I want to live, and the life that I do want to live isn't necessarily one where I love what I'm doing every morning when I wake up out of bed, but in one in which, like, I can exercise, and I can cook, and I can spend time with friends and family, and yeah. I can, like, explore art and, like, write shit poetry. You know what I mean? And, like, if that's what I choose to do, then, like, so be it. Then. Um, so that's what helped me to say, to really identify and articulate something around what I wanted to do next and the type of life that I wanted to live.
0: But I think it's one in the same, like you identified that your original job didn't allow you the time to do that. Yeah. And so when you were looking for your next thing, like you probably cared less about like what your day to day role was at your job, but you were really like heightened to like what your work life balance would Mm -hmm. be like. And I think it's like all the same, like. I personally just knew that like if I was happy at work I would have the energy to do all the other shit that I wanted to do right because work wouldn't be draining and miserable anymore and I I do feel that way like with what I do now I probably I work this is gonna sound shitty but I work more than like anyone else that's like not the CEO um but I still have fun and I like record a podcast and I hang out with my friends and I like I feel energized with what I do for my nine to five and I don't feel drained and like I've used every part of me because I also couldn't show up as my whole self yeah um and so it it works out but that's what I'm saying like I think it's the temperament of each worker and not just like how do you fit into this like peg hole that is working right yeah
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that is true. It's like, there's no one right way to be a worker Yeah, because it's probably all broken under our system anyways. And so many people, the vast majority of the workforce is working to like to survive basically, like is working to just provide for themselves and or for their family. Yeah. Um. And a small sliver of, of workforce is probably yeah. thinking, like, do I love what I do every day? You know, like, do I wake up excited to do it?
0: And That's like the white men that the article was talking about yeah. who make the most money but decide to work more. The <laughs> most, yeah. <laughs> which is, like... So okay. sad.
1: Well, I read another article, which is kind of tangentially related to this, which is, like, why are the rich assholes or something like that? It was, like, the title of the article. It was really good, but it was basically, basically giving the example of multiple men in Silicon Valley who have like a 3 to 10 million dollar nest egg off of which they could live off the interest of it for like yeah for over 6 figures a year but they still are working like 65 to 75 hour weeks like killing themselves working because they feel like Compared to the people around them, they aren't quite so rich. They
0: aren't quite so successful. There's always the next thing to go rich. God, that 1% bubble must be a bit. Oh, it must my be God. So fucking hard. <laughs> Shit, write me in the will, ho. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to inherit, like, millions of dollars. <laughs> nice. I think it's, like, really on brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I think this is a really good time to plug our Twitter um, for the fans at home or wherever you're listening to this. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns about tonight's topics, this evening's today's, whatever, (laughs) episode one's topics, um, feel free to mention us on the Twitter, um, tweet at us. Sorry I'm losing, I'm using my baby boomer language. Um, we do have a Twitter. Um, it is at talking underscore pretty.
2: This is why we're a team. <laughs>
0: yeah, yes, exactly. at talking underscore pretty um, hit us up, let us know how you're liking the podcast so far, what you want to hear. Yeah, it's a 99% chance that we won't listen, but you can (laughs) sound off anyway, boo. Yeah. Thoughts, questions, anecdotes. Oh, please share your stories. I think that'd be really awesome. Yeah. I would love to have a section of the show where we just like share people's stories. Interesting input from our audience, whoever you are. Hi mom. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever decides (laughs) to listen to this. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening.
2: Have a good night. Bye.
1: If you enjoyed this episode of Talking Pretty, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or tell your friends about us. Follow us on Twitter and tell us what you've been obsessed with lately at talking underscore pretty or email us at talkingprettyatl at gmail.com. Our song was written and produced by Jovan LeCaro. Follow him on Instagram to hear more of his music. At Jovan underscore L underscore Feo. That's spelled at J-O-V-A-N underscore E-L underscore F-E-O.